Girlfriends, episode number 129. Here are the answers to your prayer excuses. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week we're talking about prayer excuses, why we make them, and how we can answer them and make more room for more prayer in our daily lives. Come join me. Hey, everybody. How are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm always glad when we can connect in this way, and I'm always glad when you show up and participate. So thank you for being here. This week, we're going to talk about prayer excuses. But before we get to that, I have this little thing that I want to ask you about. It's been bothering me. And and I, I don't know if I want to call it a pet peeve or just an observation that's a little bit annoying. But why do people talk about other people's weight? Okay, background to this topic. <laughs> it's that I was recently somewhere and I met somebody who I didn't know who um, kind of knew me from online or something, you know, going back a ways. And she came up to me and said, are you Danielle Bean? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, uh, wow. Have you always looked like this? And I said, yes. I mean, you know, (laughs) pretty much. Anyway, uh, which was kind of an odd thing to say. And then she like kind of like pulled me aside a little and was like, no, really. I mean, didn't you, you used to be really really heavy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, and all I could think was, okay, she has me confused with somebody else. I didn't, I've never had any, you know, gigantic weight loss or anything. Uh, but also, even if I had, wouldn't that make me feel terrible? I mean, isn't that a stupid thing to say? <laughs> So, I mean, I I just kind of brushed it off. I mean, it did not seriously bother me, but it did leave me thinking, why do people do that? And uh, I don't know that people think about it enough. And it's always women to other women. Now, okay, this, uh, that was kind of an extreme example. But um, other times, other women have said to me, like, you've lost weight. You've lost weight. Or they've told me, you've lost a lot of weight. And um, at times when I haven't. Or I haven't even been trying to. And it's not an issue for me at that point. And it always feels really uncomfortable. It always feels just a little weird. Like, why are you talking to me about that? And I, you know, this is not a huge deal for me. Um, But it always makes me think like people need to think about that because this is a very sensitive topic for some women. And um, I guess for some women, they think it's always a compliment to tell somebody that they've lost weight. I don't know. But, and maybe I'm extra sensitive about this because I'm very cautious about how I talk about such things, um, having in mind my daughters and wanting to model for them a healthy attitude toward their bodies and the idea of weight. Um, but anyway, it's just an observation of mine. And I actually, I was thinking more about it because uh, also very recently, right before my interesting conversation with that woman, um, uh, I ran into somebody that I haven't seen in a long time who had lost a lot of weight. And that's the sort of thing that, you know, you don't want to just ignore that because obviously this person has been working very hard and it's nice to acknowledge what other people do. But um, I, I think just telling someone they look great is all you ever need to do. 
And, you know, if you're, if you know them, you know, really personally or whatever, you can, you can ask them about what they're doing or whatever. But at, at the same time, it's a topic where don't talk about how many pounds have you lost or whatever. Cause I, I've heard people ask other people that. And, um, I, I just, I feel like it's not, it's not a way of encouraging each other. <laughs> anyway, I wonder about, I'm bringing this up and it's, it's, it's kind of silly and it's kind of dumb, but I'm bringing it up because I've observed it and I'm interested to know what other people think, what, especially what other women think about how you talk to each other. And if you've had any incidents like that, that are a little bit uncomfortable or weird, like I always, and this is my takeaway here, just err on the side of telling people they look great, telling them they look healthy, telling them they look strong, tell them, you know, positive things about how they look without having to talk about numbers on a scale. <laughs> anyway, that's my little unrelated to this week's topic, pet peeve for the week. Okay, moving on to this week's topic, which is prayer excuses. You know, you make prayer excuses. <laughs> we all make prayer excuses. I actually thought of this topic because I was catching myself making prayer excuses. And and by prayer excuses, I mean the excuses we give for why we're, we don't pray more or why we don't pray at all sometimes. Um, and I, I want us to go through them and actually, you know, talk about them. Some of them are super basic. And sometimes we, we just, we know on some level that we're lying to ourselves with these prayer excuses. But I think it can be helpful to kind of go through and just let's talk about them. Let's answer them. So you have an answer for yourself when you start making your typical prayer excuses. Okay, so I have a little list here, and, and I've probably missed some. You probably have some prayer excuses that maybe you can send me. You can email it to me, and um, we can talk about them on a future show. But I, I asked on Twitter um, as I was preparing for this show about what people's prayer excuses are. And I was gratified to learn that I'm not alone in my prayer excuses. There are plenty of people making plenty of excuses. And you can probably guess the biggest one, the first one. What is it? You know it, right? I have no time. I'm too busy. Yeah, this is a big one. And um, this is one. And, and it's legitimate for a lot of people. We are super busy. We're doing all kinds of things. We're doing all kinds of important things. But when you hear yourself making that excuse, I'm too busy, um, think about what you do have time for in your day. Okay. Think about it. You have time, you know, even in your busiest of days, you, you make the time to eat, shower, the basics, right? And you need to make the time for prayer in that same way, because it, it's, it fits in that same category of a necessity, a way that you care for yourself, something you were made to do, something that we need in our lives is that relationship with our creator. So put it in that proper perspective. It doesn't mean, you know, you you don't go into work in the morning because you need to pray. But I promise you, even during your busy times, you know, there are things that we make time for because they're more enjoyable to us than the idea of praying. So, you know, you might be making some time for Netflix. You might have time to cruise through Facebook. You might have time to talk with your friends or, you know, watch a television show or whatever it is. You have time for these things. So you can't legitimately say you don't have time for prayer. You have time to interact with the people in your life. Well, just because God isn't a person that's in your life that is sitting, 
you know, on your couch asking for your attention, but you know what? He really is. And maybe it will help you to think of it that way, that you wouldn't ignore your grandma if she's sitting in your house because you love her and you want to talk to her and you would make that time. Well, it's the same way with God or, you know, picture Jesus sitting on your couch, just hoping you'll talk to him for a few minutes, notice him and interact with him or ask him some questions or, um, you know, ask for help with something. So that's not a legitimate excuse. And I think we all know it, even as we're making it, we know it. Yeah. You don't have time to maybe get to daily mass or you don't have time maybe to say an entire rosary every single morning or whatever. Although, you know what? I would make the argument. You probably do. I probably do. And, um, I'm actually not right. Okay. Here's a good opportunity for me to share a prayer struggle that I am currently having. I want to say the rosary every day. Uh, That's a goal of mine. And I'm not starting it. I think because of some kind of fear of failing at doing it, I'm kind of giving into that all or nothing mentality or having the perfect be the enemy of the good. We're going to get to that one a little bit later on. But I have the time. I know I have the time and, and that's why I, and and maybe now that I'm sharing this with you, um, as I'm trying to encourage you, maybe you can encourage me too. We can encourage each other to take those, those forward steps in our prayer lives and not be afraid of taking on too big a commitment. I, I think that's what it is. Like when we're saying, I don't have time, um, or, or like you might say, I don't have time to say the rosary every day. And some days that may be true, but some days it's not true. So why aren't you doing it on those days? You know what I mean? So challenge yourself a little bit about what you do have time for. What, what, you're, what you're actually saying when you say you don't have time is other things are a bigger priority. I'm, I'm making room for other things because I prefer them, that kind of thing, which is fine. It's legitimate to organize your day in, in a way that you prefer, in a way that's going to make you happy. But know and, and put prayer inside of that category. Know that it's in that category of basic necessities. And you, you need to have some time set aside for that. Okay, the next one. Oh, this one came from um, a lady on Twitter. She said, that her biggest prayer excuse is she tells herself, I can do it later. And then she said, spoiler alert, I never do. Yeah. Okay. This is a really good one because it's really like a procrastination. It's not like you're saying, oh, I'm not going to do it. I don't have time to do it. I can't do it. Just that I'm going to do it later. And, you know, we've done whole shows about procrastination and that kind of mentality and how you can battle it. But um, I would say make that little thought, if you have that thought, If you're telling yourself that lie, guess who's telling you that lie? Guess who's putting that thought in your head and and hoping and knowing that you're going to forget to do it? Um, It's not Jesus, right? (laughs) It's the other guy. And he's hoping, like he's hoping that you're going to do that. So I would say recognize that little voice for what it is and make that thought that you sometimes have a trigger to actually just do it instead. Um, you know, you might have read The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. It's a really, um, it, it's not a Catholic book. It's not about prayer, but it's a really popular uh, book about productivity. And Mel Robbins shares, it's this woman who shares her own story about how she used to just like have trouble getting out of bed, have trouble doing all the things that she kind of knew were important. And she felt like a loser because she wasn't doing the stuff that she knew was important. And her big, big 
piece of advice, which is very basic and simple, but I think for a lot of people it works, was when she has that little thought like, I should get out of bed or I should exercise or I should, you know, fold the laundry or whatever it is. And then her next thought is like an excuse, something to push it away, to have that little thought be a trigger instead to start counting down five, four, three, two, one, and then start the thing, do the thing. Don't allow yourself to make the excuses and think about it. Just do it that quickly. Um, get, get started doing it. So if you have a little urge, like I should pray, um, then make that a trigger for you to reject the next excuses that are bound to pop up and just get started praying. It's as simple as, you know, saying, hey, <laughs> you know, turning your mind and your attention toward God. It's that simple. So you, you can use that as a, kind of a, a trigger to pray. Turn your, your first initial thought about prayer into doing it as quickly as you can with, before you have that opportunity to start thinking, oh, it'll be better to do it later. I, I can do it later. It's a lie and we know it. So I think it's helpful to talk these things through because a lot of times we do these things and we don't even think about it, right? We never pause and think, oh, am I making excuses and am I avoiding um, opportunities for prayer in my life because I'm caught up in making these excuses and I'm not pausing enough to think about it. So that's why I think it's important for us to talk about it and share that it's a common problem that we all are struggling with this and that nobody's perfect at this. Okay, the next one. <laughs> this is letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. I get distracted. That That is a terrible excuse to not pray. <laughs> I understand that it is frustrating. And for sure, I have felt this frustration and I have um, used this excuse in the past. Um, you know, kids will interrupt me. My, my, my husband will, will, will want my attention instead or, you know, whatever it is, I get distracted. And we all have lots of different responsibilities and people that we are responsible for, that we answer to. And it, it's okay that those are priorities for you, but you can't use your kids and your other obligations as an excuse, even if they do pull you away from your prayer time, right? And the idea that you get distracted, yeah, maybe you can have an hour all alone in your room and your mind will still get distracted. That is not an excuse. Do you know how you get better at praying? By praying, <laughs> by practicing it. So um, we all get distracted. And, I, and I'm very encouraged by some of the saints who have shared that they get distracted during prayer. It's a very human thing. And, you know, just pull yourself back as many times as you need to. And it, Jesus knows, God knows that you're a, a weak and flawed little human and he loves you. He loves you how you are. He made you and he knows that you struggle with this. He knows it's a struggle for you. But imagine, you know, being the parent, if you are a parent, you can imagine one of your children really struggling to do something with or for you, something that pleases you a lot. And they're really struggling and they're messing up and they're trying again and they're messing up and they're trying again. I mean, aren't you going to be just so pleased with that effort? Aren't you going to be just so happy that they're making the time for that thing or they're making the time to connect with you? Of course. And that's, I mean, God is our all loving father. And so of course, He's going to just love you inside of your flaws in, in your prayer. He's going to love you. 
And saying that I get distracted and so I shouldn't even bother, recognize that for the lie that it is. Because there's always going to be distractions. Welcome to life. You know, you can be a hermit hiding, living in a tree in the woods, and you're still going to have distractions during prayer time. It's just how it is. And those of us who are raising families, that is just a part of family life. And now I, I had someone on Twitter say, kind of like rolling their eyes, like, it doesn't help when you see these saint quotes about how a single rosary prayed with focus and attention is greater than a hundred distracted rosaries. And I have seen that quote. I didn't even Google it because uh, I don't know. Some some saint said it, maybe. I don't know. But I don't give it a lot of weight. Um, I understand that that's a discouraging quote. And if you have things like that in your mind, like, I'm not going to bother because I'm going to be distracted and it's not worth anything. Just just remember that that how much God loves you and how much he's longing for you to make an effort in your connection with him, how you were made for that. And it's actually good for you to connect with God in prayer time, in individual personal prayer time. And forget that. Forget the discouraging quote. Find yourself a quote from a saint that is more encouraging to you in your prayer life. There are tons of them. I happen to think St. Therese is pretty awesome at encouraging us in our flawed weakness. Um, One of her quotes is, Our Lord does not so much look at the greatness of our actions or even at their difficulty as at the love with which we do them. So focus on that. You don't have to accomplish some great thing inside of your prayer life. You need to approach God with love and keep on doing that. Keep getting back to it, even if you get distracted, even if you mess up in some way, even if you skip a day, even, you know, that's the thing. It's like it's all or nothing and it has to be perfect or I, I can't even begin, right? So the next time that excuse, the fact that you get distracted comes up, Reject that lie for what it is. All right. All right. The next excuse for not praying, this one is specifically about family prayer, is our family is not all together very often. I get this one. I really do. Because you know what? Family prayer time was uh, super easy in a lot of ways, super hard in a lot of ways, but also super easy in some ways back when all my kids were very little because they were all there. We were there together in the house day and night and day and night. (laughs) Um, So they were always just right there. So it was easy to be like, okay, seven o'clock is prayer time before bed. And everybody, let's let's gather in the living room and pray together. Um, Not so simple to have everybody in the same place at the same time as my kids have gotten older and there's school and sports and jobs and friends and other commitments going on. So I totally understand that. Um, But again, you're making the perfect, the enemy of the good, right? You need to recognize when you make these excuses. And I have to, I totally have made this one before. Um, Just to start where you are, use what you have. If only, you know, a, a small portion of your family is home, if it's just you and a kid, you can pray together. You can call it family prayer time. And I kind of came to realize that I was making this excuse again without fully realizing I was making this excuse. That's why I think it's helpful to have these conversations is to think through the reasons why we're not doing the things that we say we want to be doing. And I realized I was making this excuse years ago. And and my solution was just, well, seven o'clock is family prayer time. And whoever is home at seven o'clock is we're going to pray together. 
And that has worked. I think just using who's there and not being a perfectionist about it and not saying, okay, well, that kid's not getting home till nine o'clock, so we'll wait till then. Guess what? You're going to forget or whatever. So I, I think it's important um, to have a, a set time. It doesn't have to be precise, but a time in mind, or you could attach it to your your family dinner or whatever, you know, something else that's regularly going on and make that your opportunity to pray together. And you know, as your family grows and changes, your family prayer life and your routines are going to grow and change. And that's okay. It's not always going to be the same way. So I think, again, it's important to recognize what, when you're making these excuses and give yourself the answer to the excuse in that moment when you make it. So just pray with whoever's home. You don't have to wait till everybody's all together. It's great if sometimes that can happen, but it isn't always going to happen. And that is totally fine. Okay. Next one. And this one is kind of a poignant one. I had somebody on Twitter reply to me saying, I don't know what to say. Okay. I understand that. I think some people feel like they don't know how to pray. They've, they've never been taught how to pray. And um, I think this is a great opportunity. This is why I love that we have rote prayers in the Catholic Church. It's a great opportunity for us to just lean on those rote prayers. Start there. You know, um, Allison Jingris, a, a friend of mine online and IRL, um, recently posted on Instagram about how much she loves the Our Father because it's such a perfect prayer. It's Jesus modeling for us how he talks to the Father. And uh, that's a really beautiful observation. So if you're not sure what to say, start with the Our Father. You can pray the Our Father, um, but then start thinking about what the meanings of those words are, you know, when when we're asking for forgiveness and um, we're, we're asking God to provide for us and we're asking God to help us stay away from sin. It, these are these are just beautiful sentiments, and you can pray to God in your own words. I know some people feel uncomfortable about that, and they, that's what I think what this lady on Twitter was getting at. I don't know what to say. I feel uncomfortable. Like, I don't know this, you know, I don't know God, and I, I don't know what to say. But remember again, he's your all-loving Father, and approach him in that way, or uh, approach Jesus the way you would approach him if you ran into him on the street, you know? Just start start that connection, start that, that talking, sit in his presence. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. God's not looking for you to compose some poetry for him or something. Um, sit in God's presence. And you can for sure do that in a church, but you can do that anywhere. Just, you know, quiet yourself and focus on God and just sit in his presence without feeling the pressure to give some great speech or something. You're not going to impress him anyway. So just um, sit in his presence and look for that connection. Or maybe maybe speak those words to him that you want that connection. Ask him to help you know what you can say to him, how you can talk to him. But again, starting with the rote prayers and, and don't stay there. Because God wants a deeply personal relationship with you. Jesus wants intimacy with you. And if you're just reciting other people's words um, without really focusing on that true connection with him, then, um, you know, that's, that's not what the purpose of prayer is. But start with saying them. They're a beautiful gift, and we have beautiful prayers inside of our Catholic faith. Um, another thing that you might consider doing if you don't know 
what to say to God, how to approach God, is to approach him through Mary. Mary, for many of us, can feel much more accessible because she's fully human, first of all, but she's a woman and she's our mother. So going to Mary, Mary's number one goal is to get you to, to her son, is to connect you with God. And so if you go to her and ask for help with doing that, she won't fail to help you. So you might start there, um, but don't let that kind of discomfort or awkwardness or feeling like God is somehow a stranger get in the way of the relationship you're meant to have with him. Start where you are. So don't let that excuse sit. It's okay if you find yourself feeling uncomfortable or you don't know what to say, but don't let yourself stay there. You have places that you can begin. Begin with Mary or begin with some memorized prayer and just open up that conversation. Okay, this last one I can totally relate to. The last excuse I want us to talk about for why we don't pray as much as we should is I'm too tired. I totally get this one. <laughs> like we think, okay, uh, I'm just going to fall asleep if I sit down and try to pray right now. That's okay. That's okay. Um, make sure, though, that you're not just giving God scraps of your day. So, and by that, I mean, you do all the stuff, you do everything, including, you know, some downtime and time for the things you enjoy and connecting with friends and whatever else is part of your day. And at the end of the day, you are completely exhausted from, from work and family and whatever. And you, your head just hits the pillow. And in those last few moments, as you're falling asleep, you have some thoughts toward God and you thank God for your day. Or, I mean, it's great to do that at the end of your day, but make sure that's not all you're doing. Like at the last part of your day, when you are completely depleted and exhausted, that's when you're going to focus on prayer time. That's not the best approach. For sure, we should be ending our days in prayer, but make sure that's not all you're doing. Make sure that's not the time you have set aside for God. We need to have some time set aside for God at some other time in our day when we're not necessarily going to be exhausted. And for some people, that could be in the evening or whatever, whatever works for your schedule. I'm just saying, don't wait till you're completely depleted and exhausted and ready to sleep before you think about taking on some time for prayer, because that's setting yourself up for failure, for sure. Um, but that said, even in moments when you're tired, I, I think that prayer is such a beautiful way that we can rest and be refreshed. I wish I could remember who wrote it, but I saw an article online, I don't know, maybe going back two years ago, talking about this idea of resting in God. And this was a mom who was writing about the fact that she really struggled with making prayer a regular part of her life because she felt so tired and like, I can't, I can't do or give one more thing. I can't do it. But she really, um, really thought about and reflected on that idea of resting in God's presence, which you can do. I mean, if ever you've gone to adoration, you know the feeling of peace that you can have in there and how restful that can be, how you're leaving everything outside and there's quiet and there's peace in our Lord's presence there. That's real. And you, if you can get to adoration, that's a great way to do it. Certainly during very stressful times in my life, I try to, I'm not perfect about it. I try to make more time for adoration during busy, stressful times in my life. And that's not because, oh, I have oodles of time right now. It actually feels like uh, I don't really have time. Um, but making the time for that 
is a really, really healthy balance, I think, to some of the levels of crazy that we have going on in our lives sometimes. But like I said, you don't have to be able to get to an adoration chapel in order to do this. You can do it right in your car, in your bedroom, in your bathroom. You can do it as you go for a walk. Just that that restful thing. Picture yourself kind of as a child, you know, collapsing in God's arms and allowing him to be that place of rest and refuge for you. If you're feeling exhausted all of the time, prayer truly is a way that you can replenish yourself and refresh yourself. It's not God taking. He's not taking your time and your energy and your efforts. Um, for sure, it can feel that way, especially if you struggle to pray. But if you do struggle to pray, then focus not so much on what you're saying and what you have to do and what you need to accomplish. It's not about that. It's about connecting with God, being truly present sitting in God's presence, resting in God. I think that's such a helpful way to think about prayer. Like it's a, a wonderful thing you get to do that's good for you and can help you to feel good and can help you to be balanced in your life. You're made for it. Every one of us is made ultimately for communion with God, connection with God, and prayer is part of how we can do that a little bit while we're still living here on earth before we get to the next life. Prayer is how we can achieve that. It's our ultimate goal. So it's going to feel good. It's not always going to come easy. And those times when it's not coming easy, I just want to encourage you to just be very simple about it. We're, we're God's precious children. So remember that and approach him the way that a child might. And just sit in his presence. He's going to love that you're doing that. He just loves you so much and he wants to connect with you and wants good things for you. And so making the, the time and, and putting in that effort to just focus on your relationship with God, even if you can't get to a church, God is truly present in your heart and you can just focus on God's presence inside of you and just sit quietly and restfully in his presence. So being too tired is not an excuse. I totally get it, but it is not an excuse. Okay, those are all the excuses that um, I collected on Twitter, but I'm sure there are more. Human beings are great excuse makers, especially when it comes to things that are good for us and things we know we should be doing. So if you're struggling to make prayer a regular part of your life or struggling with certain kinds of prayer, um, I want to hear from you. I would love to hear your perspective on what kinds of excuses you make or you've heard other people make for not praying as much as they want to be and what our answers to them can be. Give me some feedback on this show or let me know if you have ideas or questions related to this topic. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can connect with me on Voxer. The way to connect with me, the link is always in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. Oh, that's one thing I wanted to mention that um, you might have noticed now, I'm not posting the show notes at daniellebean.com anymore. I still want to post every episode with an embedded uh, show, um, but I'm a little behind in doing that. Um, but the complete show notes for every episode is always available at ascensionpress.com. So you can go there for all the information and links that I mentioned for the show, including that link to connect with me on Voxer. If you don't know what Voxer is, get it. It's a fun app you can have on your phone and it 
it makes it super easy for you to leave voice feedback for the Girlfriends podcast or other podcasts that you enjoy, or even just connect with friends and coworkers. It's a really fun way to leave voice messages. Um, so you can do that, or you can just record on your phone and then send me the email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Oh, and speaking of feedback, we heard from our friend David this week. Hey, Danielle, it's David. Uh, hey, so I had to laugh the other day uh, talking about uh, hanging clothes out to dry and how good they smell and everything. Uh, my grandmother, whom I spent, oh, pretty much every day of my childhood with, as I look back, uh, who died a couple years back, um, she was a big advocate of hanging clothes out on the line. And it's one of my great memories of my childhood that she would say how good this clothes smelled when she brought them in to fold them. And um, just a wonderfully elegant and classy woman. Uh, so thank you for that memory that made me think of her. And uh, may God have mercy on her like the rest of us. Um, spot on with the rest of the social media stuff. Yes, uh, the accuser, he's the accuser, right? And so whatever you're doing is not enough, it's not good enough, and you are somehow less than everyone else. Um, so yes, everybody, if social media is giving you angst, stay off of it. It's not good for you in that instance. If it's not something that's bringing you joy, stay off. Um, so you hit the nail on the head as usual. I uh, hope all's well, hope summer's going well. Uh, the Vegas stuff, the pictures were great. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, that's it. Take care. Bye. Thanks as always for that helpful feedback, David. First of all, I love hearing about your grandma. That is so awesome. And I am continuing to enjoy my clotheslines this summertime. Um, the kids are complaining that the towels are stiff when they dry outside, but I just, I just don't care. It's falling on deaf ears. I don't know. Uh, I still love my clothesline. I posted a picture of it on Instagram. Speaking of, uh, David mentioned my recent trip to Las Vegas and some photos. Those I've shared things on Instagram. I've been spending a little more time on Instagram. So if that's something you're into, you might want to connect with me there. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram. Pretty easy. Um, but also thanks for the thoughts on social media, David. I think um, it's definitely helpful to hear a male perspective because it, sometimes I think we think this is like a women's problem, but I think it's an everybody problem. You're right. It's a human thing. And I, I like that you mention Satan as the accuser. I, I happen to think that's a really good title for him because oftentimes we think these are our own thoughts and our, our own, you know, things that we're saying to ourselves, like you, you're such a loser and you can't keep up with everybody else and everybody else has it all together. Like we mistake these for our own thoughts, but they're, they're not. And they're not from God. And um, it's really important to put that stuff in perspective. So for sure, great thoughts on social media. And you know what? That particular episode, I got a lot of feedback um, online and um, through, even in real life. Some people, you know, talk to me about that. And I feel like it's a topic that we don't talk about enough. I, when I decided to use that topic, I'm like, oh, my gosh, everybody's already talked about social media. But it was it was on my mind and something I've been struggling with in different ways. And I feel like I kind of go through phases where it's not an issue for me. And I, I feel like I'm pretty well in balance with the ways in which I use social media. And it's something that's just so easy to slip into and 
develop bad habits and you don't even know it until you pause and make yourself examine it. So for sure. Um, thank you everybody who did send feedback. Um, some people messaged me about private situations with regard to social media. And it just tells me this really is something that a lot of people do struggle with. And, um, I think the more we talk about it and the more open we are about some of the struggles and temptations that we can fall prey to in social media, the better we can, we can bring these things out in the open and we can help and we can encourage one another. And I also received uh, an email from listener Aaron this week. Aaron says, Dear Danielle, thank you for your recent show on friendship. It really spoke to my heart as friendship is something I'm really struggling with right now. We recently moved to a new state and I'm having a lot of trouble finding and making good friends. I still keep up with my old friends, but I know I need to make new connections in real life here at this new parish. Everyone at our parish, though, seems to already know everyone else, and I feel so shy and out of place at social events. I am not sure how to get started. Aaron. Well... No, you're not alone, Aaron. I heard from so many people after that episode about friendship um, that really do struggle with friendship. It's it's a topic that's close to people's hearts and um, something that a lot of people struggle with that not everybody can really easily and naturally meet new people. And um, it can be hard sometimes. So you're saying that you're shy and you're feeling out of place and it looks like everybody already knows everybody else. I just want to hit pause here for a second and talk to everybody and say, is this happening at your parish? Think about the people you hang out with and the people you know, whether it's in your community or at your kid's school or at your, you know, part of your kid's soccer team or at your church. Is is it clicky? Because I think too many people experience this and this has no place inside of our church communities, right? This idea of like, we're the cool kids and we're all hanging out together and we're all set and it makes people come coming from the outside feel like they're out of place and there's no room for them. We need to really focus on making our church communities especially welcoming to other people. Um, So maybe just think about that a little bit. I I know this is something that I've experienced in different ways inside of church communities over the years, and it's not a pleasant thing. And nobody likes to all of a sudden feel like you're, you're in third grade again or whatever. Um, That can be really a painful and awkward thing. So I understand your feelings of awkwardness, Aaron. um, But think that, you know, maybe even though everybody does already know everybody else and you're feeling uncomfortable, taking that step outside of your comfort zone and, you know, walking over and introducing yourself to somebody, you know, start by complimenting them. If you don't even know how to begin a conversation, you know, find something that you, you appreciate about them or um, tell them how cute their kid is or that you really like their bag or whatever, just to open up the conversation. And, um, and, and people love to be asked questions about themselves. So if you're struggling to make conversation, um, they will consider you an amazing conversationalist if you just continually ask them questions about themselves and try to find out more about them. And um, bonuses, you get to know them. You get to know a little bit more about them. And you can maybe begin a, more of a friendship based on things that you have in common with people in your church community. But this is something for sure, Erin, that I would recommend that you you pray about. But then also, you have to you have to do it. And and I like that you recognize that you have to do it. And I'm, I'm glad you're keeping up with your old friends, but don't allow that to be a crutch. You know, texting your friend from back in your old city, 
uh, it's great that you keep up with people that you you know and love, but it really is time to focus on new connections. You're, you're in this place. Um, this is where God has put you right now. And he has people that he wants you to connect with. He has a community for you. So take that first step outside of your comfort zone. I get that it's uncomfortable, but you know what? The more you do it, the easier it becomes. I was recently at a social event um, for my work where our we were kind of hosting this event and um, my boss had said our our directive at this event was to make people feel welcomed and make sure you were greeting them as they walked in, make sure nobody was standing around alone and, you know, just connecting with people and making them feel welcome. And I loved being given that directive because it made me behave in a social event in a way that I normally don't like walking around and walking right up to people and introducing myself and, um, you know, finding out more about them, greeting them as they came in the door. It felt great. And people really appreciated it. You know, I had one person in particular say, I love that you just walked right up to me. And, um, and you know, and I'm thinking to myself, well, my boss told me to. <laughs> no, no, it actually was very pleasant to meet people in this way and learn more about people. Um, so I think if you just pretend you're, you're at work and your boss gave you this job to do, <laughs> you can definitely do it. Anyway, um, we'll be praying for you, Aaron, and praying for everybody who is struggling with friendships in various ways in their lives, because I did hear from a lot of you, this is something that's important and definitely a topic that we'll be taking up again on a future show. So send me your feedback and your thoughts and your questions. Um, for sure, I'll be taking those into consideration as we think about doing another show about friendship. I want to pause and thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you the Girlfriends podcast every week. If you're not familiar with all that Ascension offers for your education and inspiration and that of your teens and encouragement for your marriage, then get over to ascensionpress.com. Check out all of the free resources, free media, podcasts, and video content. Father Mike Schmitz and Jeff Cavins, they've got great content over there that's available completely for free. And check out some of the resources that are also available for you, for use in your family, with your kids, in your marriage, and inside of your church community. A lot of great stuff over there at ascensionpress.com. And that's all we have time for today, but I want to thank you for spending this time with me talking about prayer excuses. Send me your feedback. Let me know what you think. And thank you to everybody who has been leaving iTunes reviews. It's such a thrill for me when I click over there and I see I've got new reviews over on iTunes. It's a really helpful way that you can encourage me and support the show and help us to grow our girlfriend's audience because those really do somehow you know, the in the mystery machine of iTunes, it helps to grow your podcast. It helps to put your podcast in front of more potential listeners if you have a number of those reviews. So thank you, everybody who's taken the time to do that. If you haven't yet had the opportunity to do it, I would so appreciate you taking a few moments to do that or even just sharing about the show. If you appreciate girlfriends, sharing in real life, word of mouth is still the most powerful way to connect and grow a new audience. So for sure, if you're enjoying the show, I would really appreciate it if you let other people know that you're enjoying the Girlfriends podcast and maybe they would too. So thank you for that. But more importantly, thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. It's so encouraging to me to know that we have this opportunity to connect and to know you're out there listening and connecting with me about all the things that we share here at Girlfriends. I truly do consider us a community. And if all you're ever doing is putting in your earbuds and hitting play, you are a part of this community. You're an important part of this community. So thank you for being here. Thank you for that. 
And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.